and welcome to the Deep Team NBA podcast. My name's Sean, and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffer, and with a special guest, Aless. How are we, boys? So good. Good, mate. That's good. That's good. Now, uh, what are we doing today? So, we decided we were going to have Aless in. He's a very dear friend of mine, and unfortunately for him, a Sacramento Kings fan. <laughs> uh, and he, look, it's been a pretty rough last. 50 years for him <laughs> and we just thought that we'd get a lesson today so we can kind of look forward to a promising king's season coming question, up question hopefully. his mental health <laughs> yeah see if he's see if he's all right see how he's going but also kind of pull one out for the king's teams of mm. the past you know like maybe commiserate with the ghost of mike malone <laughs> so uh yeah i think today is all about optimism and the potential that this Sacramento Kings team has coming up. But before we can really understand where this team might be going, I think it's important that we understand where they've come from. So Aless has got a little bit of a rundown for us. Uh, and just a warning to the listeners, this is going to get pretty dark. So <laughs> if you have... If you've uh, got a box of tissues at yes, the end, yeah. please. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> I would lend you my tissues, but I'm all out. They are. They're long gone. Um, hi everyone, Aless, Dante's old friend from high school and a Kings fan for, this will be my 10th year anniversary of being with the boys. <laughs> happy, an- um, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, yeah. I'm sick of like arguing with people on in- the Instagram, the Kings Instagram. So I thought I'd come in and vent on, vent, uh, <laughs> so on my favourite podcast. Is, is that up there with Buck's Twitter, like Kings Instagram? Is Kings the... Instagram is the best Instagram. Kings is Instagram it, is it's actually like incredibly amazing. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they I... just full roast everyone. Yeah, really? there, was a, there was a post up today of, uh, it was LA and then Lakers and ladies like really upset and then LA Zanya, like lasagna. She's extremely happy. So yeah, good. Oh, really? Good that meme from the, the Kings page. On the Kings official Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. They're extremely tapped How in. How have I missed this? Yeah. You know, we're just killing it. We've been killing it since 2019. So, you know. That's like some Dennis Rodman level stuff. <laughs> Foreshadow. <laughs> <laughs> right, keep going. Um, yeah. So basically in 2009, I started getting into the NBA with Dante. I sort of dragged him into the the wormhole with me. Um, saw Tyreek Evans hit a three-quarter court shot against Memphis and the uh, Grant and Jerry scream, Tyreek! lose their minds this this is why you love nba basketball the whole very grand and jerry typical king sort of situation so i thought you know what young team i gotta i gotta hitch my wagon to something let's go with these guys we're looking up got the rookie of the year where as sean prefaced before the uh before the pod started he's one of four people to average 25 and 5 in his first year you know but pretty ugly since then uh, considering what that upside showed, you know, at the time we were owned by the Maloof brothers, the boys, the boys, um, who couldn't do much, uh, much good when it came to running an NBA team. That's just, extremely diplomatic. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm trying not to swear, uh, kid friendly pod, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's not, I always tick the explicit box when okay. I upload. Well, <laughs> that's Feel free. fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll try to hold off for the sake of my father listening to this later. Um, So we're owned by the Maloof Brothers. In 2000, the end of the 08-09 season, we finished dead last in the NBA and ended up with the fourth pick. So instead of getting Blake Griffin or who went after that? Harden went like third, I believe. Hashim Fabate. Yes, oh, that's fine. Uh, We end up with, with, yeah, Curry, you name it. Johnny Johnny Flynn. You name who came after that. Um, Brandon Jennings, I think, was that one as well. Classy. He had a good game. (laughs) Good in Italy, I heard. Uh, um, we then followed up that year, finishing third last and getting the fifth pick, so dropping lower again. Ended up with Cousins, so it worked out kind of okay-ish. He was good, I guess. He Probably. was the best center in the league for like three years, he so was it's the a most, pretty good pick. He's the most talented king ever, but it didn't really work out too well for the Kings. Then again, the rest of his career hasn't panned out too well. Yeah, but that was the Kings' fault, not his. That's true. Next year, we finish fifth last and end up with the seventh pick. Trade down to the 10th to pick Jimmer out of the league. Yeah, Bismack Biombo was Hey, Jimmer was back the in the league with yeah. my Phoenix Suns <laughs> well, in the last year. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Don't forget. But that season, we also picked up Isaiah Thomas with uh, Mr. Irrelevant, number 60. Uh, within that season, the Maloofs are trying to get the Kings to either relocate to Seattle and kick up the Sonics again, or they're going to move to Anaheim and be the Anaheim Kings. So just moving 
was that further south in California, I believe? Yeah, but only like by 100 miles. Yeah. So just moving to a lesser city in California because Sacramento is the capital. Um, next season, finish fifth last, get the fifth pick. Thomas Robinson, that absolutely didn't pan out. He's out of the league within, what, six years or so? Um, also best friends with the Morris Twins. Went he to college with them. Yes, correct. Just a little side note. Well, he was, <laughs> he was actually garbage the first two seasons of his college career. Absolutely popped in his third season because his story was really sad. I remember having conversations yeah. with Dante about it. Parents... Either the dad wasn't on the scene, the mum raised him, then the mum died and the grandparents were raising him and then both grandparents died. It was something like that. And he was like looking after the little sister. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Um, and just popped in his third season. And so between the story and how good he was at Kansas for that one year, mm. it was yeah. like, wow, Amari's back. Like, here we go. So the, <laughs> yeah. he slips to five and the, and I'm like still still young enough to be like to fall in love with a draft pick. So that one didn't pan out. <laughs> we weren't jaded yet. <clears throat> I, I, love, yeah, I love right. how you look at Dante for this. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we like went, still young enough. I remember the draft pick. We went Jeez. through, we went through this whole. Yeah, I remember Aless coming into like, like when we were talking about the draft, and he was like, "Oh my god, we got the guy we wanted all along, and we didn't even have to move picks." Yep. and I was like, "Oh, yep, this is tasty." <laughs> yeah. I also, I also was young enough to think that Thomas Robinson was going to be good. Yeah, and and here we are. Hindsight is twenty twenty. So. I don't even know if he's in Europe anymore. He might be. He might be in Europe. He's somewhere. Nevertheless, next season, finish sixth last and get the seventh pick. So in case you guys are tracking, we've either taken the pick or dropped lower in the standings for draft picks. That ended up being Ben McLemore, who is garbage. Well, it's not that he's garbage. just couldn't dribble. And that turned out to be a very crucial skill when playing the well, game of basketball. The thing was, like, in watching a lot of Kings games, he also couldn't shoot. Yeah. And he was a shooter. He's Well, I mean, his, his position, the two guard, also colloquially, colloquially known... Um, with the kids as the shooting guard. The shooting guard, yeah. So shooting guard, they couldn't shoot. Uh, I don't know. Actually, another can- another actually, Kansas kid as well. Sorry, on top of that, he also um, asked for a mumba challenge from Kobe after <laughs> Kobe retired, and he's still waiting on it. Still so. waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Euroleague MVP. Yes. That's the mumba challenge. Yeah, right. Good luck with that. <laughs> Kings were then sold by the Maloof Brothers to Vivek Ranadive, uh, Indian billionaire, tech billionaire, I believe. Yeah. And so things are hopefully looking to turn around. They kept the team in Sacramento. There was a huge push by the city mayor, Kevin Johnson, who was a former Suns mm. All-Star, I believe. 110% Might bro. be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's definitely a King's Ring of Honor member. Yeah. So kept the team around. Um, finished seventh last that season. Got the eighth pick. And then the pick was not made by our general manager, but by our owner, who was a little bit too involved in his first season. <laughs> Uh, Stauskas? 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 Source <laughs> goddamn Castillo. Source Castillo. So he's still floating around the league, picking up little contracts here and there with playoff teams, sort of hoping to get a, I don't know, what, six points a game from him nah. in, in our garbage time? Nah, 2.3, bro. Yeah, well. Something like that. They're hoping for six. It's never going to happen. Um, next season, we finished sixth last. Pick six, Willie Cauley-Stein, no longer a king. That's only, what, four years into his career? Now a warrior on just above the minimum. Yep, correct. So instead of getting the 20 that he wanted, he's ended <laughs> up with, what, two? Something like that. Um, next season, finished eighth last, get the eighth pick, which was Marquise Chris, and then made the second worst trade I'm going to talk about in this little preview. Yeah, but it was bad for both teams. Though. It was, it was. But So Chris goes for 13 and 28, which are Papianis out of the league, or... Bottom of Portland's, um, no, completely nah, gone. Papianis is gone. And Scalabissier, who is on the bottom of Portland's depth chart. Um, I, I really like Scalabissier, just as a side. Is it just because you can say his name and yeah. you're, you're yeah. pleased with yourself? I'm so yeah. pleased with myself. Also, yeah. he's, he's not fat. Oh. Yeah. He had a 30-point game against the Suns at the end of two the seasons The end ago. of that season, yeah. Actually, no, didn't he have... Remember when the last game that sort of like decided playoff season between Portland and the Kings, right? And Portland played five players, and the Fernie Simmons had forty. Is that, yeah, yeah. I think Scal had a big game, and he was overshadowed by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big time, big time players, honestly. Um, and within that 2016 season, we did the worst trade that I am going to talk about, which was the salary dump of Nick Stauskas two years after drafting him, Carl Landry, who was a two-year, thirty-six million dollar free agent signing, something like that. It was signed, like, signed him away from the Warriors. Yeah. Big, I he was our, he cannot was, believe that that is true. He was our big get. And also Jason Thompson, who was our 
It was the future of our team from the 08 draft and 12th pick out of Ryder. So. And then got bought out and then ended up playing on the Warriors. Correct. Um, and an, <laughs> unprotected, well the Warriors. <laughs> an unprotected first round pick to Philadelphia. No, it was a pick swap for 2017 and then an unprotected 2019 first. Who was the target? Who were you dumping all that salary to go and get? Marco Bellinelli. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we were going, the space to get. We were, going, we were going for Monte, Rondo, and some other. West, West Matthews. Yeah, West Matthews. That's right. Jeez. I, I really love all these stories. Like you're saying this and I know, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I love the headline. Um, Sacramento dumping salary to go after Monte Ellis, who had two years in Indiana and then... <laughs> We haven't seen him since then. Yeah, or, haven't seen or heard from him. Or a, a post-injury West Matthews. Yeah. Someone check on Monte Ellis. Is he actually okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I've not heard from not him. Even from anywhere. Yeah, that's right. But a bottoming out team who goes for a pick swap with another bottoming out team is just a bad idea. Because well, no matter who gets the higher pick, you're still going to end up with the shit one. Mm. Um, yeah, well, someone's going to be better faster. To be, yeah. f- to be fair, um, attaching all those assets to get off the money to be able to sign Marco Bellinelli and... Don't know actually. I, I can't just, remember who the other not one was. much. Yeah. Uh, oh no, Costa Kufos. Um, that Yuck. that pro, that resulted in one of the greatest summer league photos ever of Vivek Manadivi, <laughs> Dive, um, Boogie, Costa Kufos, and Marco Bellinelli <laughs> all just hanging out. And I think uh, Vivek had like you know peace sign out. And it was yeah, Vivek's hard. living it up with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> to Vivek's credit, he has since stepped away and just let whoever's yeah. running the team do their yeah. goddamn job. Bill Simmons um, used to talk about it when he took over back in like 2012, 13 or whenever it was, 13, yeah. that he, that, you know, something that he coined new owner syndrome, which mm. is where you come in and you think that you know best. And Steve Ballmer kind of did it with the Clippers as well. You I, come in and you yeah. really hands on and it doesn't really work out. And then you let the NBA guys actually take over and you step away and yeah. you start to see some success. Yeah. Mm. And within these, what, seven seasons, so from 09 to the end of 2016, our coaches were... Paul Westpol at the start fired seven games into his third season. Paulie, uh, I think because of Cousins. Also Kings legend. Then um, it was, also Suns legend. Sorry. Yes. Then it was Keith Smart, one and a half seasons, I believe, fired because of trouble with Cousins. Then it was Mike Malone. He was one. He was barely one and a half seasons. He was fired fifteen games into his what would have been second season, I believe. And is now playing really, uh, coaching really well for Denver. Well, he was he was always a good coach. He got fired because we started five and one with Boogie. Mm. Then Boogie went down, nine game losing streak. So they fired him for the losing streak, even though the reason we were winning wasn't playing. Uh, so whatever. Tyron Corbin came in for twenty eight games that season, and actually that is so fucking grim. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was actually really good because Ty Corbin was coaching during Clay Thompson's thirty seven point quarter. There you go. So, and there's some really good clips of him just sitting there crossing his arms, just throwing like the Corey Joseph of the world and uh, some other dude, I can't remember. Just they, he threw every single guard yeah. on his roster at him and nothing yeah. worked. There's a lot of, actually, you know, there's a lot of good Warriors moments from, from King's, King's history. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. What happens and when then, you uh, play really close to a really bad team. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then halfway through that's after 28 games, they brought in George Carl, who got fired in, got fired a season later because of Cousins again. Yeah. <laughs> we then hire Jaeger, and I've got written here in bold letters, the turnaround. <laughs> we hired Jaeger from Memphis uh, for the start of a season. I don't. I think it was a contract ending. I think, or they got rid of, they like, they voided the last year of the contract. Yeah, he wanted, he to, wanted out. He so. wanted to GTFO yes. of Memphis. Yes. And they were like, look, <clears throat> okay. That's and then right. they voided the contract. Um, 2017, we trade Boogie for Buddy Heald, our second best player. Well, maybe third. If uh, Bagley pops, Tyreek Evans, a couple fillers, and the tenth pick, the pick swap with Philly came through that year. Um, Boston swapped it to get Tatum. We ended up getting Fox, who is the best point guard, even though he was the third one taken. So it works out perfectly well for us. Probably in the conversation for best player. Is in the conversation. Oh, easy. It would be between him, him, him or Tatum and um, Mitchell. And Mitchell, yeah, yeah. And Fultz. And Fultz. <laughs> Um, tenth pick. He's got gags. Tenth pick gets <laughs> traded for picks fifteen and twenty. Justin Jackson's no longer a king, and Harry Giles has quite a good upside if his knees can hold together. Uh, twenty eighteen, we finished. Oh, and also twenty seventeen, we finished eighth last and got the third pick. 
which was then pick swapped. But mm. nevertheless, you see the turnaround. Our our draft stock goes up. 2018, we finished sixth, get the second pick. Goes up again. Bagley. Draft Luca. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, no. Can't have two ball handles on the court at the same time. Mm, mm, so it's never, never worked. In we, picked a, we picked a stretch four that couldn't stretch, but hopefully he can start. It's actually Marlon Bagley. No, oh. I was thinking about that the other day. I was actually reflecting on it when you made that joke. It can't be because there's still an R in there. I know. But it's. I just throw an L in it's there. It's got to be Melvin Bagley. Melvin Bagley. Melvin Bagley. Melvin Bagley. Gosh. Two. Two right-handed layoffs all season. Gosh, I'm Melvin Bagley or Melvin Do power rankings. Melvin Do. Okay. Well, I'm definitely not going to start wrong with that. I'll just keep calling him the Bagman. <laughs> um, we finished a shade under 500 at 39-43, and a couple of those games at the end of the season were against the Clippers and Spurs, who were pushing for seven and eight. So you know, if the, if two or three of those games were against non-conference or non-divisional teams, we easily could have finished 41-41. It didn't happen. So like whatever. But, you know, trade for Harry Barnes. The teams look pretty solid. Um, and here we are. And here we are. Here we are after winning 39 games. I mean, they were the ninth seed and they just missed, missed out in the playoffs, but it was a bit more bigger than just being the ninth or the eighth seed. Yeah, there was, there was quite a, a, bit gap of a, there. a bit of a gap. Um, and you sort of trailed off after you realised you weren't going to get in. Yeah. Um, now, their over-under is set at 37, meaning you can take 37.5 over-under or 36. I said over in the over-unders pod because, you know... There's eight teams that are going to make the playoffs. There's about six that you would say are set. Let's say it's LA, LA, Houston, Golden State, Portland, Denver, and Utah. Shit, that's seven. So there's seven teams set, right? Yeah, no, you're fighting for eight between Dallas, Minnesota, Kings. San Antonio. San Antonio. Antonio. And if the Pelicans... Yeah. There's a little bit of noise, but I don't know. Yeah. I I honestly, and I'm not just saying this because we've got a Kings fan here, I honestly would take the Kings for that spot. And also because they've probably got the most upside at that spot. Like if you're playing... I don't know, if you're playing the Rockets with the first seed, like, that would be fun. Like, there is a chance that Darren Fox might just go crazy in his first playoff playoff yeah. game and then or playoff series and just go mental. Like, yeah. um, you know what, like, like I, I've sort of picked apart there all the good times Warriors had off off the back of the Kings, but, like, this is this is the turnaround. Like, mm. I seriously think the Kings are actually going to be good this season. No, this is it. This is very much it. So you're thinking eight seed is the absolute ceiling or are you thinking that you could jump one of those seven teams that we just named and you know like maybe succeed it i just don't know if we're better than the spurs yeah well i mean i think the spurs are a dark horse i don't even think they're a dark horse i think we keep everyone keeps ruling out the spurs this is the last year this is the last year but they've got the best coach in nba history Mm. so like and they've got DeMar DeRozan. Don't forget about him. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it's quite the, easy to forget. I think the one thing that Bill Simmons has said on every one of his last, like, 11 podcasts is guys that go and play Team USA come back better. And Pop knows that, keeps Derek White around, kicks everyone else off the team to keep yeah. his guy on the team. So not only does he have two All-Stars waiting there in Texas, but he's got one theoretical borderline All-Star coming back from... Yeah, the Jean- biggest games in his life. Also, Jean-Té Murray, Dejounte Murray's we'll coming be back. back as well. Yeah, so like I'm incredibly scared of them. <laughs> I'm not scared of Dallas. I'm not scared of Mini. I don't rate anything that Minnesota is doing outside of paying Towns. But like you know, no brainer. Can't really give him too much credit for that. Not a not a Tyus Jones fan. I, I uh, hear. Isn't he out? Didn't they get rid of him? No, no, they they signed him. They signed him. Oh fuck! No, I mixed up. No, nah, he's gone. Mixed he's up gone. The Three years. Sorry, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty-eight or something. Memphis signed him. Yeah, Memphis yeah, signed yeah, him. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Eighteen forty-one. Scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's over. But <laughs> over. on the to- on the topic of off-season moves. Yeah. What are your thoughts on? I don't want to. Sean's wanna... got some opinions. No, no. Okay, so I've heard. I've heard the noise. Right. You've heard. You've heard the noise. I. Uh, a very expensive noise. I'll run through it. We got Dwayne Dedman at three for forty, entering his age thirty season. Uh, we got Corey Joseph at three for thirty-seven, entering his age twenty-seven season, which is fine. But he also he's not good at basketball. He's yeah, that's a problem. You know, you might, you might want to watch out for that one. Yeah. Um, and Trevor Reza, who when Trevor Reza left Houston, Houston didn't want to pay him and bring him back. I was like, oh no, like, you know, Golden State's biggest rivals sort of falling apart here. They're losing one of the most vital pieces. Um, to Phoenix yeah. for a laugh. That's but right. He didn't play well last season. Um, I have I have no faith in Ariza or Joseph, but I'm going to defend the Deadman signing. Do okay. it. I'm going to defend it because it's all in theory. 
He didn't do a lot of it in Atlanta. I don't know how many threes he shot in the season, but his shooting percentage was... It's close to 40. It was 30... It was Eight. 38? Yeah. So he's a shot-blocking rim roller who can also shoot threes, in theory. <laughs> Put him next to Bagley, who's a 30... I think he's mid-30s when he's good, or low, you know, at least 33% from three. Barnes is over 35. Healed is over 40... Two forty three. Hill like is good. I think Hill was. I think, 40, he's the, I think, I think he's Hill the, was forty two. I think he's the second or third best three point shooter in the league. Yeah, maybe Hill, f- maybe fourth behind Joe Harris if you're putting Steph and Clay one two. Hill's forty two. Yeah, and then Fox is thirty seven, but he's probably going to bump that up um, unless he starts shooting more shots. But I think he's just a little too unselfish. He's going to keep it to his. I see, like he was eighteen and seven or seventeen and a half and seven and a half last season, something like that. Um, I can see like maybe 20 and eight and a half. Like it's not going to be this outrageous jump, but between Heald scoring around 20 a game, Barnes has to get enough shots to get near 15, 16 a game. Bagley's going to get every offensive rebound that goes up. Deadman just needs to hit like two threes a game Ooh, and play good defense because every other center we've ever had sucked. That's true. And, you know, he can do that in theory. And that's like he has a small role to fill. But do you pay someone a small role, three for 40, in a climate where Kevon Looney gets three for 15? Yeah, the Looney, or, the Looney thing was just... I mean, he makes everyone look bad because Looney's just like such a perfect player to like slot in. But then also Enos the Penis Cantor got <laughs> two for 10. Yeah. So like, yeah. would you let's would you rather Enos Cantor at no. five mil? No, no way. I would. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Or would you rather, let's say, I know there were sort of burnt bridges around Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, new warrior, but what if you could get Cauley-Stein back on the minimum or just something around the minimum? Just because like, uh, we talked about this off the pod before. Um, Bogdanovich is going to get paid next year. Fox is coming up in two years. Maybe you need this, what is it, 17 mil. Um, you're going to probably need that a couple of years from now and it might have to be a case of attaching something to it to get off it there. Yeah. I think the... I think the worst thing about the Corey Joseph signing is that it's now not a tradable contract. Yeah. If Deadman if Deadman remains like relatively okay, that's a tradable contract in two years. And it's, it's what it's going to be thirteen when it's expiring. I think you've got yeah, it's, thir- it's yeah, thirteen, 13. expiring. It's thirteen expiring. If at that point Giles is good, let's. I know this is all very much up in the air, but like we yeah, can we yeah. can really in in two years throw out a fox. At 23 years old, <laughs> healed at 28 is a little bit off the track. Bogdanovich is what 27, 28 at that point. Yeah. If we pay him, which we should, I believe. I think you will. Um, Bagley's going to be 22, and mm. Giles is going to be like 25. All old enough to start. Mm. All going to be on a lot of money. Uh, actually, Barnes will still be around at that point. So Berg, you'll be the sixth man, theoretically. You know. Deadman's tradable. I don't know what that Corey Joseph contract's going to do, but if it gets to the point where we have to stretch it, it's just like you've shot yourself in the foot. Why mm-hmm. would you sign such a ridiculous deal when Yogi Ferrell at two years, six million is really not that much worse than the 13 million you're paying? I find it hard to believe that there was a bidding war for Joseph as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. God, no. Like you probably could have just got him for eight a year. Like you could have just given him a three twenty four. Who was who was paying him? Well, exactly. Toronto dropped him. The Pacers yeah, dropped exactly him. Exactly right. I think the good thing about the three guys that we're talking about in Deadman, Ariza, and Joseph is that Ariza's a two year, and Deadman's a um, Deadman and Joseph for three years. So they don't they don't stri- they don't strap themselves no, in for four, four years. Five, yeah. Can I Ariza's just ask an you? expiring after next year. How old is Trevor Ariza? 35 30, 34 34 yeah. yeah 34 and he's slowly he's not he's not like gonna he's not gonna age badly but he has been aging every single year his shooting percentage has got lower um from in the paint and from three so it's just sort of you're paying an aging guy who's 34 years old yeah he's not it's getting like, better it's like what's the point of Ariza on this team suppose, yeah. let's go let's go with the bench unit of uh Corey Joseph because if you're paying him 13 mil he's playing yeah uh bogey Ariza would be the three, and then you'd be Giles and probably like Rashawn Holmes. That's well, five. Like, but, but like, do you need Ariza there to for at, at twelve? Well, he's your third wing behind Barnes and Bogdanovich. And Nemanja Bjelica was actually asked to play a bit of wing as well and didn't do. I mean, it's not his preferred position. You'd rather play him at one of the bigs, but he can sort of 
stay there for a couple of minutes. Bielitz is a um, sneaky, smart defender. Yeah. Sneaky, smart defender. And that's also another problem I've got with the Deadman signing because you've got um, you've got Bielitz, you've got Rashawn Holmes, and then you've got you know young dudes and Giles and Bagley who, I mean, just those four dudes right there can scrap together 48 minutes at centre. Bagley yep. needs to get some small ball five looks. So yes, like so big time. Big time he does. And then if that's the case, see, you go Barnes four, Reza three. Keep Bogdanovich on the bench, or you play he uh what Fox at six four, Hill at six five, Bogdanovich at six six, Barnes at six eight, Bagley at six ten. Yeah, well, I mean you could go if you dropped if you kept a Reza in that lineup and you dropped Heald and you put Bogdanovich at the two, you could go with a fucking super size. You could go like Philly size lineup yeah. where you got no one smaller than six four. Yeah. Everyone's interchangeable. Bogdanovich and Barnes are like decent wing defenders, like pretty stout. Yeah. You know, that's... The thing with Bogey is he's our backup point guard and now they've signed a backup point guard. Mm -hmm. It's like, why are you wasting this guy? Yeah. Honestly, I can't like... You know, I spoke about the turnaround and you go and just throw money at to go and hinder the best player you've got. Is it insurance? Is is it like, okay, we're going to pay Buddy. We're not going to pay... Bogey. Bogey. All right, sweet. Well, uh, we need a backup point guard. But in it case. might even be this season, like it's ins- like n- not insurance long term. It's just insurance for the season. Like you sign Joseph, and if uh, he doesn't gel well, and Bogdanovich is still the better option as you know playing him as like a wing ball handler rather than giving the ball to Joseph, then you just play him. Joseph makes a lot of money to not play as much, but you know, like you play your, your better players, and if you have to fuck Joseph off later, then you do it. Yeah, the thing, but like. Who's trading for twenty four million over two years? Well, Corey then, Joseph. Then you need to attach some stuff, and as soon as you start attaching stuff, you go, "Well, we're sort of locked in. This is it." That's as soon right. as you start attaching stuff, that's the whole conversation we had before. Well, we just <laughs> we just we just did the whole attachment thing. Yeah. That's right. And so, like, as you know, we're supposed to talk about trades later, and I'm like, "Who are you trading from this team? Really? <laughs> like, you are. Comp- we're, I don't want to say hamstrung because you know you've got GMs like um, Houston. What's his name? Tillman Fertitta. No, the oh, GM. no, Daryl Daryl Morey. Morey. He could do anything with this roster he wanted, but you know what? Vlade Divac has not proven to be yeah, Daryl yeah. Murray. He's been good in the past. He's been there since 2017, and he's made. I think the only mistakes that he's really made were two of these three signings, and you know, you, you guys would argue three, um, or at least Sean would. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where Dante stands on the Deadman thing. No, I think Deadman's. I think Deadman's okay at 13 a year. I, I would rather have bought Coley Stein back on. Five a year, but Collie Stein's literally an insane person. But also, the loony test makes everything it look just, bad. It, yeah, make, it does to, make it look bad. You yeah. can't making it relative to a fantastic move is going to be hard. That's true. It's all relational. Yeah, that's right. And so, relative. like, look, was loony, was loony the best relation? Relative? Nah. Re- I'm with. Re- I'm, I'm on relative. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. We need, we need three people in here. All someone, <laughs> someone fact check this. Call me back whenever. I will talk for hours about these guys. Um, yeah. What well, are we saying? You you talk about um, having insurance there for one of your wings, um, and both of your wings are going to be up for a big contract this offseason. That in Buddy Hield and Bogey. Correct. Because of these moves, you might be in a situation where you're going to pay one of them the max. I, I don't know. I haven't crunched the numbers, but it it is looking like you can pay one of them the max. What are, what are we smiling at? Relational. <laughs> it's relational. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. All right. Good <laughs> <on> you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so who, who are you going to pay? Who would you rather pay? Like, I mean, let's say it is a case of one or the other, which hopefully it isn't. I hope you can bring both these dudes back so you're going to have a lot of versatility. But, what's... But, but he's only like a year and a half older than Bogey. He came out really late like... from Europe. So we got him as a... Signing, I don't even think we had his draft rights. No, you we did have his draft rights. No, you got him, you got him from us, okay. Because the one, the one thing you didn't mention before with the Chris trade was that his rights were in there as there well. There you go. So that Chris trade ended up being okay because we got the best by far, well, you the got best by far the best player. So he came out as a rookie deal three year 30, which is fine. So he's finishing that up now, which was actually front ended, funnily enough. Mm. So this year's in the eight and a half. Not that, that it matters, that's just to work around the cost of Kufo, yeah. Well, that's right. deals. Is Kufo still around? Who? Is he still on the... No, he's not on your, no, he's not gone. On, not okay. on your yeah. books. I don't know where he Thank is. God. Probably not even in the league, but... Thank God. He... Uh, hard to watch. Yeah. But yeah, like we talk about bringing Collistein back. It's like, I've watched Collistein since he got drafted. I'm over it. Every every time it looked like he was going to do something. Look, I, I went to America two years ago. 
took a 12-hour overnight bus from Los Angeles to Sacramento, stopped all the way through Stockton, um, Stockton like woke up, got woken up every 45 minutes, got there at midday, had a game against Washington at 3.30 and I took a couple photos of Willie. I was like sitting in the maybe 20 rows back from the court, but you can walk down right to the front. Yeah. Because uh, I got into the stadium as early as you possibly could and just like was in awe of how amazing our new stadium is. Yeah. Got him one center. Um, and like he can't shoot pre-game jumpers. <laughs> like he couldn't shoot. Like I was, <laughs> I played basketball last night and I hit a jumper and I was like, wow. It was a nice jumper. <laughs> I was like, wow, maybe I could do this. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> every single time you make a shot, you're just like, wow, Collie's done. Yeah. <laughs> he still shoots it from like off his shoulder. He's yeah. got his, he's got his left elbow, like sitting behind his head, facing directly out to his left. And his right arm is just, and he, flings it like yeah, Dwight Howard yeah. would except Dwight would just flick his wrist Colestine does the whole like uh, it's yeah. hard to watch and well, then yeah I, I think we'll move on from talking about these contracts but of just, course but final thing on Deadman just like Dwight Howard right there or maybe like a Newlands Noel like I would rather pay one of them a minimum and then be ho- be happy they've got Rashawn Holmes and then these two young guys and Giles and Bagley that can put together minutes for yeah. at the centre rather than paying 13 mil. Yeah, do you even just start Holmes at this point? Like, like no, Holmes. you don't. You don't. He's good, but not. you don't want to start him. Energizer Bunny. <laughs> We're <laughs> just going to end up paying, uh, what's his name? Um, Dwight Powell. Tres Harrell. Oh. Just pay him. Well, you would love that, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a lot of fun. I would. Him and Fox pick and rolls. <laughs> well, back to the Buddy Heald extension. Yes. Um, 26-year-old, sorry. Yeah, 26. 26 going 27, even though they thought he was 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next Clay Thompson, confused yes. with Steph Curry, according to Vivek. <laughs> uh, there's, so many, there's so many like little connections <laughs> with the Warriors here. It's, it's, I love the, division. it's the division. It is. Um, yeah, there's no connection with Phoenix. Sorry, no. man. Uh, like, are you going to be happy when the reports come out in a couple of months saying that Kings are offering healed the max? What? I just, I think, I don't think I'm going to be happy when those reports come out because I think I'm going to be upset when it's like other oh, kings don't want to pay Buddy. Other oh, kings don't have enough money to pay both. Or Vlade says this. Or because the noise that comes out of our uh, offices are just absolute garbage. And yeah. you can't help but like believe it because of the precedent that we've set. Yeah. So if you were going to give, if you have to give Buddy the, you know, assuming he doesn't make an all-star team. If I had to give Buddy year, 25 a year, I, I would. So you give, him four, you give him four years, 100 after this season. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. What do you give Bogdanovich? I mean, he's going to be... What did the other Bogdanovich just get? 18 a year? Yeah. He's going to be easily... But that's that. also on a title contender. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think... I think... <laughs> that one's from a joke, Utah Jazz. Yeah, no. No, I didn't th- I didn't think you were joking. No, they I'm also they also are no, I'm totally yeah. with you that they are a title contender. And you're gonna you're gonna have to pay the Sacramento tax as well to keep him around. Well the thing is he's European. That's the best part. He's a Euro. So like, you know, you got guys like Giannis coming out and they're like, I don't care about what city I'm in. Like I came from Greece. Yeah. Milwaukee's a, this is a city city. Like I don't you know, so yeah. at least Bogey coming from Serbia, like Sacramento having been to Sacramento, like it is a genuine city. Um because, like, you know, in Australia, we've got two cities that are, like, huge. And then every other one's sort of like, yeah, these are cities, but they're not whatever. Sacramento is massive. Mm. Massive, massive, massive city. So, yeah. like, I can imagine Bogey coming over and being, like, sick. Like, these guys picked me up. They paid me. They looked after me. The fans love me. That's one thing we've got is a very incredible fan base. And cowbells. Cowbells, the whole thing. <laughs> Cowbell Kingdom. Like, that's the name of the... It's our magazine. That's the magazine. It's like a, it's like a newspaper in Sacramento, Cowboy Kingdom. They, oh, yeah. they, they do the, um, they report on the Kings. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Unfortunately, not. He gets like a, if he does an Instagram live, he's got like fifty people watching. But the no, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So you, you, all right. But four I think, years. I think Bogey's going to be at least four eight, years, seventy-two. Yeah. And you accept it, or is that too much? His averages last season were 14 points, four assists, and like five rebounds less, three and a half rebounds. What do you pay? How much much do you pay for a sixth man? 
the thing is, I like, don't know. But if the team- other Bogdanovich is the comparison, he was the for half the season he was the number one scoring option on a playoff team. He averaged eighteen a game, and when he wasn't the number one option, he was the second option. Yeah, and he's going into you know, like Sean said, it's a genuine title contender. Yeah. He's going into a situation where he's going to be required to like he's going Keep to be there. He might be their second leading scorer behind Spider. I'm not sure that our bogey's worth it, but I think that's what it's going to. I think he's worth it in that position, but he's not going to have that position at our team. Barnes is going to take up too much time. Bagley and Fox are one and two, and the only reason Heald isn't one or two because the position he plays is just run hard, play good defense, shoot threes. Oh, yeah. So like. I mean, he's a theoretical two from like a scoring standpoint, but like if you're built from a from a franchise base standpoint, it's it's the you got the one big man, the one small guy, and everything that fills around it. Okay. Um, let's say we do pay heal the max, and then you do pay bogey, whatever whatever we were saying. Um, you're sort of locked into that team for the foreseeable future, at least four years with Correct. this with this core. Does that core win a championship in the next four years? That core hinges on Giles popping. And I'm asking you the question. Do, do you win a championship in four years? No, only because Giles isn't going to pop because one of his because <laughs> one of his knees will pop before he does. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Unfortunately, oh. look, he's uh, I don't know if anyone's watched Harry Giles highlights. If not, look them yeah, up. Yeah. That guy is incredibly talented. So you're not a fan of Fox Bagley being the one and two for the rest. Of, you need you want a third like Giles, and you don't reckon there's going to come from anywhere else. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Heald got better this year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that if in two years Fox is 24 and bordering yeah, like on 10. Like Damien, Damien Lillard yeah. type. Yeah, like he won't shoot as well, but he will do everything that, else that better. That's sort of star level. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And you don't reckon you'll win a championship with, let's say, Damien Lillard, like a level. I just that? I just think the, the rest of the NBA is going to be too good. And yeah. I think that at this point we're – look, as much as I want us to win, I think I'd rather uh, – not that I'd rather be a pessimist, but I'm just going to be one. Like 30 teams – the West is always strong. The Clippers are floating around. There's always just this team that pops up that makes all these moves, and I don't believe that we're the franchise that's going to make a move that's going to make anything happen. We'll sit in this sort of like, not mediocrity, but it's like, wow, the Kings are really good. Yeah. Like, how fun are the Kings to watch? Yeah, great. Fox, wow, all-star. Like, See, that, he's going to be the best king ever. That's the thing, because that's the sort of level that Golden State were in for a couple of years. It's like, well, Steph's really cool. And then there were just a young team that's like, oh, you lost to the Clippers in the first round. Oh, you know, you had the Spurs in the second. That's tough to get by Tim Duncan. Um, I reckon you're now entering, like if you can make the playoffs this year, you're going to have these couple of years. And I honestly believe Fox could be uh, as good as Damian Lillard, obviously yeah. a different player. And if that does happen, I I mean, you don't know what's going to happen two years from now with Kawhi and Paul George or anything, Davis and LeBron. Like I think there is a window for the Kings to contend. I agree. I yeah, because look that, at Milwaukee. God, I, I made a hope so. Like, look <laughs> at Milwaukee. Their their best player kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. He didn't be better than you thought he was going to be. That can be Fox. You've got another player who take your pick. Is it Bogdanovich or is it Healed in um, comparison to Middleton, who was you know like never supposed to be this good, but ends up being like a really really good player. You've got shrewd use of second round draft picks. Brogdon, Bogdanovich, you know. A whole bunch of young players who were still kind of growing together had a couple seasons of relative anonymity to you know, gel, and then they kind of just... So the two non-Kings fans are actually higher on the Kings than the, thing, the Kings fans. The I think is, they could 100% win a championship in the next four years. The thing 100%. is, like, if we're going to go with the whole Warriors, not comparison because it's obviously a different situation, yeah, yeah. but it's like, okay, you've got the young point guard. He's fun. Everyone loves him. You've got the shooting guy next to him. You've got a big coming through. The difference between the Kings and the Warriors when they were coming up through those years is... The Warriors went out and they were like, I don't think we need Monte. You know what we're going to do? We'll flip him, get a, get a person in need. Yeah. They went out, upgraded their team slowly and steadily. They built pieces around. I'm not sure, as we've just said, the pieces that we're putting in and the trades that we're going to make, we're not going to be at that sort of level of making those moves. Yeah, okay. Our moves aren't going to come through. Like this, this team as is, Bagley healed Fox, plus Warriors level pieces, like Warriors level moves, championship, absolutely. Yeah. Fox Fox can be a top 10 NBA talent, bordering top five. Bagley can be top 20, top 15. Giles can be top 20, top 15. I don't think he will be, but like he's got the talent for it. Put the right pieces around and you're sorted. We're not going to put the right pieces around, is my yeah. thing. 
Well, those are the words of someone who's been hurt. Yes. Over and over again for the last 10 years. <laughs> Nine years of being hurt, one year of being on. So I'm looking forward to this season, man. I honestly cannot wait. League Pass is going to get booked as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, no, the transaction's coming through in, in a month, I think. I think yep. I saw the... Yeah. How's that for a... Are we splitting a it again? Co- blue collar. Oh, God, yeah, cost. we're splitting it again. Yeah. Right, cool. Actually, might be able to get a third in on that one. So down to 100 each. But uh, only one of you can watch a game at a time. I don't watch on time. I've, I'm working up. We never, uh, yeah, we yeah. never like link up on times that. And the third guy that's buying in is nocturnal. Nick. If, Nick, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> Nicky K. Nicky Lagruda. Oh, Nicky L. Yeah, Nicky L. Oh, this, he, is, um, this is great radio, he's, guys. He's just got. He's just got <laughs> an incredibly horrible sleep cycle. So he'll just watch games <laughs> when we're not. So it's good. Anyway, go Kings. <laughs> go Kings. Go Kings. All right. Yeah. Well, on to the next segment that we're gonna quickly rush through because we're a bit short on time is we all had a bit of homework to do which is find a dream trade for each of our teams which is kings warriors and sons um i'm going to start because i love my trade and i thought i would just write a couple of sentences on this (laughs) but i wrote about 500 words (laughs) and then cut it down um are we all ready yes sean all right sweet so um my dream trade for the golden state warriors is d'angelo russell for robert covington gorgie zheng and a lottery protected first from minnesota now who says no when is this trade is this trade december 15 as soon as russell becomes eligible or is this trade like at a specific point in the future um it's next year and i think because See, this trade works because it's a trade where if you look at next season, if you look at the starting lineup, you've got Steph, Clay, Robert Covington, um, Draymond, and then Looney, right? And you go, that's great. And then you can find like your ring chasers like David West around it. So I think now that it's actually a really big deal that Draymond signed up um, with his three-year three year 100 because that sort of gives the Warriors flexibility to say, oh, well, we don't need to try and perform and hope that we can bring Draymond back because Draymond's going to be the best available option um, in this free agent market, which he's not anymore. So they've sort of got the comfort just to say, all right, well, we, we signed and traded KD. We're able to get you know, a 23-year-old point guard who's an all-star, you know, fringe all-star, whatever you think about that selection, um, purely for a value trade. So they, they've got the value and they flipped the value. And I looked around at all the Russell trades I could, I could think of. And I think if you can... <laughs> If you can have this team with Steph Clay and Robert Covington, who is like the dream, like a fucking dream warrior, dream warrior. And I was going to say like an analytic basketball mind's <clears throat> wet dream. Mm. Like he is just three and D. He's like amazing on fantasy. He'll get you like two steals, like 0.5 blocks a game. Like say so like imagine having a warrior on your fantasy team. And then I just think like he's one of those dudes you just throw out the best player on the other team and say, like, all right, Kawhi, beat him. And then I think that, Let's say we started this season with this team. The Warriors are title contenders. Are the Warriors not title contenders now? No, no, not this, at all. This is a this is a play for next year, and uh, so that's my reason why Golden State do it because I think if you head into next season with the fully healthy big three and then Robert Covington and Kevon Looney around them, plus you know your David Wests and Sean Livingston's who you try and find um, in the off season, you got to do your job there. Um, yeah, I think I think that's great. And why Minnesota do it is because Jeff Teague was injured, and when he wasn't injured, he wasn't really healthy. Yes, they they actually Robert Covington didn't play many games for him. They played twenty two, and Minnie went twelve and ten, and actually played really well. Um, when when Robert was Robert, when, <laughs> when Robert okay. Covington when he was on the floor for Minnesota, they jumped from I have the number. They jumped from a twenty fifth. They jumped from 25th in defense all the way to... No, so they, they jumped from 23rd in defensive rating all the way to 5th. Um, and it was just amazing. But it was a small sample size. And I think if you're Minnesota and you're trying to beat the Kings for the 8th seed, you can't you can't just sit there and say, oh, look, he played 20 games last year. Like, hopefully he can play, like, 60 games this year. I think you need to say, we need to pair someone, someone with Towns. We need to get a second star because right now Wiggins isn't that. If you can get Russell, he's already got a relationship with Towns. He'll fill you need a point guard. They have options to replace Rocco at the three, like Josh Okoge. Mm-hmm. Um, they just signed Jake Lehman. They've got Keita bates Diop, whatever you think of him. Keita Big Dick, as Mark Tyson would say. Yeah, that one. Jesus. Um, and then, you know, again, whatever you make of Andrew Wiggins' small dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I think I think this is a win-win for both teams. Golden State becomes a title contender next year. They sort of fluff away this year. They're able to get value off the KD trade, and Minnesota get a solution for a point guard and for the future. Many wanted D'Lo in the yeah, offseason, they struck mm-hmm. and they get the chance to get off Jeng's contract. I think. Well, it's yeah, a win well, for Jeng, both. Jeng yeah. has to be in there to make the money match. I think that's well, a, Jeng, uh, at that point he'll be a one-year expiring, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, that lottery projected pick for the you're sort of you're sort of giving up the pick as straight away, like but, to get rid of Jeng. Yeah, yeah, but the Warriors can also use that, flip that to fill out yeah. the, the bench Roster. next yeah. season. That's right. I like that. Thank you. I rate it. <laughs> I, Makes me feel warm inside. Yeah, I guess both say yes at this point. Yeah. Talked us into it. Thanks, guys. I've got <laughs> one and a half trades. Okay. Because I think the first one's a bit more realistic than the second one. Both of them are kind of like scenario-based, though. Like, wouldn't work right now, and some things would have to change. First one has to happen after December 15. Um, I would imagine that it would happen probably closer to the trade deadline because there's a bit of stuff that would need to go on. But I'm going to flip Kelly Oubre. A top 10 predicted... Prote- I'll come back when I've learned how to speak. Okay. A top 10 protected first round pick for two years from now, so 2021, and Elia Kobo for Aaron Gordon. Say it again. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, a top 10 protected first round pick in 2021, and Elia Kobo for Kelly Oubre. And what happens? Aaron Gordon. What, what happens yeah, if for Aaron Gordon? What happens if you you're in the top ten there? Do you like? Does it just expire or does it become seconds? Well, it's unrestricted. No, you would need. You would need year? to. You would need to. It would, on 10, 10, it would 10. go. would go. No, it would go ten seven five one. Okay. Yeah. You know, you'd need to do that. Yeah. And Phoenix does this. Why? There's a lot of positional overlap with Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Kelly Oubre. They're effectively all the same type of player. Uh, and I was thinking about this activity and I am really sucked in by Aaron Gordon's um, mid-2000s Sean Matrix vibes. And on a team where he could actually play majority four, surrounded mm. by a, like a you know, versatile big man and then just shooters, because that's one thing that we do have now at every position, um, I think you could really unleash him in a way that he isn't able to be unleashed in Orlando where he's, we talked about this last week, John Isaac, Aaron Gordon and El Camino. It's like, again, all the same dude. So they, yeah, we, we do it. It's effectively the same reasoning. Um, Orlando does it to bring in someone who's a better shooter, um, a, a better defender of smaller players and doesn't have so much overlap with two of their um, you know, one of their high-priced wings and their up-and-coming wing. So, well, what are you going to do with Darius Saric? So, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, like, there's a world in which Gordon can play small ball five, so you can play them together. What's his contract? Uh, Gordon's on a. F- no, nah, uh, Saric. Saric is uh, at the end of his rookie deal, mm, I think. Yeah. So it would be like so six. He's, or six. So he's up for what? Twelve, ten? Yeah, you know, early days. We'll see how he goes. Would you? Would you pay him? Like, would well, you in a world where I've got Aaron Gordon on the team, probably not. So you just made that trade from six to Cam Johnson just for, you know, you made that trade down and then got Sarich, but you just yeah, let, but, him, let him walk? Yeah, but I'm me. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, I'm not going to be held hostage by James, James Jones' okay. terrible decisions. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a world in which they can play together, um, either with Sarich at the four and Gordon at the five. or Gordon can't play. Yeah, well, I mean, Aiden has to, he can't play 48 minutes. <laughs> so you can stagger it so that in Aiden's 14 minutes off, you know, you can play some of those two together. And then, like we've seen for most of his career in Orlando, sometimes Gordon played at the three. So you can just play him at the three and go super big with Gordon, Saric, and Aiden. And Bridges at the two. Bridges at the two, Johnson, 11th man. Booker at the one. Yeah. That's cool. So I think. The the reason why I said something would have to happen is because if Orlando's like playing really well and they're the sixth seed, they're not going to do this. Mm. If if it doesn't go as well for Orlando, but this year, but to be fair, playing really well for Orlando is like fifteen and twenty. Yeah, well, like so you, you're going to need them to like bomb out and go all right, let's let's scrap some value. Mm. Well, n- need them to think that maybe Isaac's taking a step, Aminu's still serviceable, <clears> and if they got a different skill set into the team, then. You know, someone who's smaller, quicker, better shooter than someone yeah. who's just like Terrence Ross. All, all the noise, all <laughs> but the, he's better than Terrence Ross. All the noise that came out when Gordon was signed was, "Oh, this is a really tradable contract." <laughs> well, he's was, been... It wasn't even like a yeah, good signing for the Magic. Like looking ahead, yeah. you know, 
looking after the guy that they brought in and rah, rah, rah. it was just the first thing that came out from basically everyone was like this is tradable they're gonna trade it when are they gonna trade it yeah it's just like the marcus smart contract it's yeah. just the human trade exception yeah yeah the other trade that i counted as a half because i'm I, I don't think it's as realistic and again it would require um the boston celtics to have a season that doesn't go quite according to plan um, which, as we've talked about, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we I think we're, we're all in this room pretty high on them having a good season. So it's unlikely that the criteria for this trade would be met. But that same kind of trade, maybe mess around with the um, the pick the pick protections for um, Jalen Brown. <laughs> That's think, only if they don't want to pay him. But Jalen Brown's going to Atlanta. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. DeAndre Hunter is going to go over. They'll just flip him. So that is, that's that's why it's a half trade because you said, "Oh, we'll just mess around, see what we can do." <laughs> like Kelly Oubre and I like the Gordon. I like the Gordon one. I just don't know if Orlando is going to bite on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't either because um, Gordon's the better player. Yeah, and they're not in a mode where they're looking necessarily to secure draft capital. But it's like they're just trying to win. Yeah, they're trying to win. But there's a world in which. Isaac takes a step forward and they're like, look, everything that Gordon gives us, we've already got in a player who's three years younger than him on, on a more manageable contract. Let's just, you know. Yeah. I would really love Aaron Gordon on my team. Yeah, no. Matrix 2.0. Like Matrix yeah, 2.0. I do like that, and especially next to DeAndre and if he can reach his potential. That sounds yeah, perfect. That's a nice front court. Big time. Yeah. Anyway, low on time. Uh, let's smack through the Kings. Oh, it's honest, the King's dream trade. Honestly, there isn't a dream trade with this roster. There absolutely isn't. The only thing that I could even remotely think of was like a Harrison Barnes swap for anyone of the same value that plays a lesser role, <laughs> like Otto Porter or something something down those lines where it's just like clear 25 million, swap it for like 20 or 15 coming in. We might have to give something up on the way out, but just bring in a player that feels a less demanding, like less shots, less just sort of comes in, defends, whatever. Port I was actually incredibly upset when we didn't get Porter. Mm. Only because and again we're talking theoretical like dead men, but Porter just comes in, shoots threes and defends. Mm. He's doesn't hit the ball. He's the absolute perfect three. And just like Covington. Mm. Like yeah. And their salaries are pretty much bang on. Now mm. obviously that trade isn't going to go through. Yeah. That's why we're talking dream trade, but even like a Gordon Haywood or something. Just, I mean, Gordon Haywood's going to need the ball a bit more, but in his diminished state as is, who knows? Two-year injury. I heard it's been called. <laughs> Will you let it go? Yeah. Will you please let that go? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I feel persecuted on my own podcast. Two years gone off for. <laughs> two years away from being two years away. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, thank you so much, Les, for joining us. Thanks for having me, boys. Um, and thanks for listening to the pod. You can find us on all your podcast platforms remember to uh follow us on our socials on facebook instagram and thanks so much for listening <laughs> <laughs> Cheers.